0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
1: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the 3 biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, let's discuss how the Thunder match up with the Clippers in a possible playoff series, and also how officiating will be handled inside the bubble and some news from the Thunder media availability. Let's start with the Thunder news before we progress into the rest of the show. The first bit of news is that all three scrimmages will be broadcasted, and these scrimmages are basically preseason games before you get to the eight seeding games on Friday. The Thunder will take on the Celtics at 4 p.m. Now, the first scrimmage will not be NBA regulation. It's going to have a heavy, heavy minute restrictions, according to Billy Donovan of his players in the rotation. So you're not going to see Shea and Chris Paul playing the entire game. They're also not going to play an entire game, period, because it's only going to be 10-minute quarters, and this game will be broadcasted on OklahomaCityThunder.com and the Thunder app. So that's how you're going to find the first two scrimmages. Uh, Sunday at 11 a.m., they're back at it against the Sixers, and that game, of course, is only on OKCThunder.com and the Thunder app. It's not going to be on your regular television until the 28th at 5 p.m., Uh, They're going to play Portland, and that game will be on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Uh, I I take it that the traditional Fox Sports Oklahoma crew will be on the call for the first two games. They're just only broadcasting it online. They did this before with the blue and white game, and they've done it with the uh, preseason games where they kind of just stream them online. Uh, But normally, uh, they'll let you watch it on the TV as well. But instead, Fox Sports Oklahoma will not pick up any games until the 28th. Baseball starting, they're probably going to show you the Rangers instead, uh, understandably so. So you're going to get preseason basketball against Portland on the 28th at 5 p.m. Uh, Billy Donovan again said that there's going to be heavy minute restrictions on these guys in the first scrimmage, and I would expect that uh, to continue throughout this three-game scrimmage. Just get guys in. Don't, of course, you don't worry about the wins and losses. All you're trying to do is get these guys back into, into shape and back into basketball shape and conditioning. Uh, they're going to run up and down the floor and then get pulled out of the game. So I know we're all excited to watch these scrimmages right now, uh, but take a step back. It's not going to be actual basketball just yet. It'll look close enough to where we're all going to sit down and we're all going to watch every second of it, or at least I am, and a lot of you out there who are crazy enough to, to do it are going to as well. Uh, but it's not going to be the normal basketball you're accustomed to. That'll happen on August 1st. Uh, but that's kind of the news from the media availability. Uh, Shay had a huge Andre update, and we should just make a whole new segment uh, talking only about Andre because it feels like every time we talk to these players, Andre Robertson gets brought up, and Shea had the best quote. And and, and there's been a battle for the best quote because uh, yesterday, Abdul Nader said his jump shot looks great. It looks good. Best he's ever seen it. And today, Shea says that Andre's the best defender, uh, the smartest defender he's ever been around. And he was on that Clippers team last year with Patrick Beverly. Uh, and I do think that this is still uh, correct. I don't think that he's saying that just because he's Andre's teammate. I do think that Andre's a smarter defender than Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is not really a technically sound defender. He's just a scrappy guy that's going to give his body on the line, and he's going to hustle, and he's going to give effort. He, he doesn't really... He's not that smart on the court in the sense of uh, predicting where the balls are going to go, playing the passing lanes, uh, getting uh, knowing when to go on, under or over screens, uh, things like that. The X's and O's. He's just in your face. He's going to wear you down. Uh, he's going to he's going to simply impose his will on you uh, for the entire length of the game, which is makes him an incredible defender. He is an awesome defender. I don't think Shea was taking anything away from him. I just think that Andre not only is a good defender, but he is incredibly smart on the floor. His basketball IQ is off the chart, and you're seeing that uh, in practice, or Shea's seeing that in practice, and he's relaying that message to us. So uh, all, all signs point to Andre being healthy, being 100%, uh, being his old self, and even improving his jump shot, which, again, I have a lot of hesitations about that uh, You know, quote from, from Nader. Uh, but that's your Andre update from today. Uh, it, it's important to note that not everyone practiced today for the first time uh, they and it was nothing to do with injuries. Donovan said no one is injured, and in fact, Nerlos uh, uh, Noel, who tweaked his ankle earlier this week, uh, did did practice and he did scrimmage in that practice, and he says he felt good. Uh, Talked to the media today, and that's pretty much the entire update from the Thunder camp. Uh, they were just load managing today. He didn't tell us who did or didn't practice, uh, so you can assume that Andre was one of those guys that didn't practice. Uh, because he has been going so hard uh, this entire time. Uh, This is his first practice he's missed, and that's fine. I mean, you do need to load manage Andre coming back from an injury Uh, that, that was two years, you know, that happened two years ago. He's just now stepping back on the floor and doing this high intensive workout. And maybe Andre did practice, but uh, you know, there were just some people that got held out due to load management. Uh, And I did want to touch on what Steven Adams said yesterday about the officiating in the bubble, because I have seen NBA fans on Twitter and on Reddit talk about this as well. Uh, Steven Adams does not expect anything to really change uh, in the sense of how the refs officiate a game. uh, But he does expect there to be some more technicals, especially early on when refs aren't used to it because they're going to hear everything. There's no crowd. Uh, even the crowd noise will not be loud enough to drown out uh, when a player is yelling or when a player is saying something uh, derogatory or whatever. Uh, so he expects that there will be more technicals, but he does not expect you know the, the officiating to be any different without any crowd leaning the official one way or the other. Uh, and listen, the, the entire narrative around the NBA uh, is that these games are fixed. These games are rigged. You even see Steph Curry's wife tweet about that a couple of years ago. Uh, and people are worried that without those fans to hold them, quote-unquote, accountable, they're going to easily fix games for the teams that they want to see win. And and in NBA fans' minds, the teams that the NBA wants to see win are in L.A. with the Clippers and the Lakers, in Milwaukee with the Bucks and Giannis. And I just don't see that happening because, listen, this entire season – is about the television product. That's why they're doing this. They are only starting this season back up, not to crown a champion. Don't let them fool you. They're doing it to get your eyeballs on the television and to make them more money. And there's going to be more people watching than ever before. How many times have you gone to a Thunder game and... You start booing at the call, of course, because that's just what you do, and people around you are booing, so you feel the need to boo as well. And then you get back and you maybe see some highlight packages of the game, and you don't even realize how bad each call was or or, uh, even more calls that you missed sitting in the stadium or while you were uh, doing something else. Whatever you're doing at the game, you might miss a bad call even at the game. Now, every single person who's interested in the NBA is going to be sitting at home in front of their high-definition television with, Instant replays with slow-mo, with 50 million camera angles, even more camera angles than we had before because it's part of the new ESPN and CNT package to improve that television product even more. The refs cannot afford to quote unquote rig any games. They have to be on their A game. And the NBA knows that. The refs have to be on the top of their game because let's say they do rig a game. Let's say they make egregious calls after egregious calls and they all favor the Lakers, and every single series, every single game, these calls are favoring the Lakers. We're watching it. We know it's happening. We see it in slow motion. It can't be a coincidence. It's every single time. We're all watching it at home. We're all watching it with the vantage point of replays of slow-mo and. We're going to get sick of it. We're going to say that it's rigged. We're going to say that it's fixed. And then guess what? A lot of you will turn the games off. A lot of you will not watch the rest of the series, the rest of the season, because baseball's starting, hockey's up and running, the NFL is starting. Most importantly, in in terms of the TV battle, the NFL is starting you're going to turn it off. You're going to find something else to do with your time. If you feel like this thing is truly rigged. So I think the officiating will actually be more fair in the bubble than ever before, because they're going to be under a microscope like never before inside the stadium. You don't get the slow-mos. You don't get the uh, camera angles needed to, to, to really tell if a call is all that bad. You're just booing to boo. And I've done it before as well, Uh, but at home, We will see every single movement of these players, and we'll see every single call under a microscope. We'll take the time, uh, and ESPN will show us everything uh, needed to make up the case of if a game is rigged or not. So they can't afford this narrative to continue whenever they're only relying on keeping us at home and watching the games on TV. Especially when, unlike ever before, their postseason will go up against the NFL. Because before, if the Thunder got knocked out of the postseason, you're your other sports entertainment was watching the Texas Rangers or the Houston Astros or whatever your favorite baseball team is now COVID permitting and yada, yada, yada. If the Thunder get knocked out of the postseason, your option is watching the nuggets take on the Clippers and watching the Dallas Cowboys or watching the Oklahoma Sooners or watching Oklahoma state or watching any other NFL game. That's your other option. That's a lot more enticing than a random one-off baseball game in the course of a 162-game season. I I mean, the in a, the NBA has to make sure their ducks are in a row because if they if this narrative of the league is fixed, the league is rigged, continues inside the bubble, it's it's going to be hard to erase that. It really is because again, we are going to overanalyze every single game we've been starved without sports for so long that we're going to overanalyze these players these coaches uh, the the roster construction the refs we're going to overanalyze announcers we're going to overanalyze everything inside this bubble including the refs and they have to be on their a-game so i think stephen adams is right i don't think anything will change any any anything will, will be any different or rigged or whatever other than technical fouls, There's, you're probably going to see an uptick in the first week of technical fouls because the refs are not used to actually being able to hear every single thing these players are saying about them. So, after the break, we're going to talk about how the Thunder match up with the LA Clippers in the postseason, if they can get to that point in the postseason. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down
0: the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube
1: and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
1: So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S T I L E S. Let's preview the Clippers playoff series. Now, we've already done all of the first round, and then yesterday we did the Lakers, who I expect to be the second round opponent, but there's a chance it could also be the LA Clippers. So let's go ahead and preview the LA Clippers as well before we get into the restart. And this season, the Clippers won 90-88 to 88 in November, the Thunder won 118-112 in December, and then the Clippers won 109-94 in March. Uh, the teams will play again on the 14th of August, and Marcus Morris has been a huge addition uh, to this team. And not in the stat sheet, not someone who's going to be an X-factor uh, in the sense of, most series. I mean, he's not going to be the difference maker between this team beating the Lakers or not, or this team um, going on and winning the finals or not, but against this specific matchup with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Marcus Morris is going to be a difference maker in this series. Once again, he's not going to put up gaudy numbers offensively. He's not going to be um, an absolute beast, but he is a huge mismatch for Gallo on both ends of the floor. Gallo will struggle to shoot over him as long as Marcus Morris can stay around that perimeter and Marcus Morris can just back down Gallo. I mean, Gallo's not big enough defensively to contain Marcus Morris and that's on top of the uh, the Clippers having Kawhi and Paul George. I don't see how the Thunder, I don't see an argument for the Thunder to not to not get beat by the Clippers in like 5 games. Now, it'll be a tough five games. The Thunder are not going to get be one of these teams that gets blown out and gets ran off the floor in any of these series against any of these opponents. Uh, but it's going to be a five-game series. Again, Morris containing Gallo. Can Gallo shoot over Marcus Morris? Morris having that size advantage on the other end if they do need to use him offensively. And then you have Patrick Beverly taking away one of Chris Paul or Shea, and guess what? You still have Kawhi and Paul George to deploy on one of your offensive weapons. So I don't see it. I do not see a way the Thunder can even navigate this Clippers team. They've got, for a three-guard lineup, they've got Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. That's on the defensive end. Now, I know that Paul George struggles in the postseason, especially offensively, but in terms of shutting down this three-guard lineup, they've got Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. And then I, I do think Marcus Morris is a mismatch for Gallo. So that leaves you Steven Adams. And the Clippers desperately need a true center uh, and, and, and someone who can match up physically with, with a, a bigger Stephen Adams But if we're if we're banking on Steven Adams to carry the load offensively in the postseason, that should tell you everything you need to know about this series. That should tell you everything you need to know about this series. And crazy things can happen. There's no travel, there's no fans, there's a risk of injury. There's a risk of COVID. I know all of the qualifiers, but just looking at these teams on paper as they currently sit right now, as these rosters are constructed, the Clippers are the only team I think that are equipped to absolutely destroy a three-guard lineup. Whenever you factor in Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, that's three of the best defenders in the NBA. That's three of the best wing defenders in the NBA to go up against your three guards, who, who as good as they are, as good as they are, they're not the three, one of the three best perimeter scorers in the NBA. They're still really good, but you cannot make that same case for them that you can for Kawhi, Paul George, and Pat Beverly on the other end. But for this series, I would really love to see Shea because I am interested in his development. I am interested in his growth because you look at this layoff. He has not stopped playing basketball. He said it in the media availability that he's played Ever since the shutdown happened, he's been playing, he's been working out, and this layoff has been longer. This layoff has been longer than most off-seasons. So do we get a sneak peek at year three Shea? Do we get a sneak peek at what Shea has developed and grown into? His shot in the, in these videos, and I know you cannot take much from these videos from practice, but his shot looks a lot smoother. I cannot wait to watch Shea inside the bubble, and and, and this would be a good series to, to, to test him out and to see how, how does he fare against guys like Pat Bev, against guys like Kawhi and Paul George? How does he do uh, when being the ball handler against those guys? And they're going to lose in five games in the series if it gets here. If this is a series that's possible, if this is a series that happens, they're going to lose in five games. But I do think it's going to be a five-game series that's going to be tough, that's going to be uh, a grind for the Clippers, and the Thunder can be one of those teams that you look back on and say, wow, they really... They really wore down the Clippers before their big matchup with the Lakers. Or vice versa. They really wait they really uh you know they really ran down the Lakers before their matchup with the Clippers. And, and that could be the MO of this Thunder team. And that's of course banking on the fact that, that Dennis Schroeder would be back for the postseason. This all changes. Every prediction I've ever made on this team inside the playoffs changes. If there's no Dennis Schroeder, just just putting it out there, if there's no Dennis Schroeder, this team is much different and this team is much much worse, and this team likely does not get out of the first round, and likely doesn't even push it to six games in the first round without Dennis Schroeder. But as for the Clippers series, again, I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Clippers with ease, and I don't see an argument for the Thunder. If you can If you can find me an argument for the Thunder to win this series, tweet at me at Ryland_Styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L A S. Or if you do not have Twitter, email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. I will be more than happy to read whatever you have. But to me, Doc Rivers is a better coach. Now, Billy's been incredible this year, but Doc Rivers is still a better coach. I think Morris takes away Gallo. I think Kawhi takes away Shea. I think Patrick Beverly takes away Chris Paul. And then for Lou Dort, oh yeah, he's left with Paul George. Like it, It's just a, a, a murderous row here of defenders that match up very well and can keep up with a three-guard lineup. And a three-guard lineup cannot really uh, affect them in terms of stamina, uh, in terms of shiftiness, in terms of of quickness. It's going to be a brutal series. But, again, to get to this series, it would mean that the Thunder have won a first-round playoff series for the first time since Kevin Durant left. So you can take solace in that fact uh, that it would take the Thunder getting past the first round to even come close to matching up with the Clippers, and I still think that if they get past that first round, they'll be on the Lakers side of the bracket, which we talked about yesterday, is a much, much easier pathway uh, to the Western Conference Finals if you want to dream. If you want to dream big, that's your easiest pathway to the Western Conference Finals is playing the Lakers, so we can see what all happens there. But again, if you feel like I'm wrong, if you feel like the the, the Thunder can match up with the Clippers, Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on the email. But after the break, we're going to talk about some more NBA news and some more Thunder news. So we're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So let's dive in to some NBA news to wrap up the show. The most important news is that zero NBA players have tested positive for COVID since July 13th. Inside the bubble, they're doing well. They're doing fine. They're taking all the precautions needed uh, and. I really think this is great news, and it really should uh, put a lot of people at ease that are trying to uh, kind of burst the NBA bubble, trying to uh, you know, trying to act like this isn't going to work, because if they do take the precautions, if they do follow the protocols, if they do all the things right, Dr. Fauci has signed off on this bubble plan. If it can't work in the bubble, then we've got bigger issues. We've got way bigger issues surrounding this COVID process uh, that, than we even thought. So I, I do think this is going to work out inside the bubble, and it is good that so far we've seen zero positive tests from around the NBA. Uh, Russell Westbrook did get to Orlando uh, yesterday, so he will be doing the, the two-day quarantine, and then he'll join the Rockets in practice. Uh, I am I would bet that you wouldn't see him until, like, the third scrimmage for the Rockets because he hasn't gotten any practice he just recovered from COVID. He just now is getting in the bubble. He's got to do that two-day that two-day period of doing nothing but sitting in his hotel room. So, I think he'll be back for the eight seating games and won't miss any of those. Uh, but I do think that he'll he won't return to you know playing until the third scrimmage with the Houston Rockets. Uh, so. The rest of the week here on Locked on Thunder. On Friday, we're going to talk to Madison Morris of 1077 the Franchise and she's going to talk all about the Thunder restart and how to view this season inside the bubble and how to view the expectations for the Oklahoma City Thunder and what's going to happen inside the bubble. So we're going to talk to her all about previewing the restart here in Orlando. Tomorrow, We're going to talk about Chris Paul. It's time to discuss Chris Paul as he is receiving MVP votes. He's becoming, uh, he's contending, you know, for a top five finish in the MVP. I think he'll get a top five finish in the MVP race. And we're going to talk about how the Philadelphia 76ers, how they impact Chris Paul with the way that they've changed their team around to enter the bubble. How if the 76ers become a good team and become an elite team like we once thought they could be. It actually benefits Chris Paul and it benefits the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then I know that it was once reported that, you know, they were looking at at ways to enhance the the home court advantage and to make teams feel like they're at home. And there was an idea of shuffling on different hardwoods uh, that replicate the home floors for these teams. That's not going to happen. We got our first look at the gyms inside the bubble, the game arenas inside the bubble. It's going to have the NBA logo at midcourt. It's a nice-looking wood texture, just just in case anyone is wondering, a nice light wood. Black Lives Matter is painted on the floor, which is, again, a great move by the NBA. Uh, And the benches are socially distanced, which I don't really understand the point of that, I mean, you go in a game, you're sweating on each other, you're slapping each other on the arm, you're doing everything you're doing inside of a basketball game, you're sharing a basketball that has sweat dripped all over it, and then when you get to the sidelines, then you've got to spread apart and sit away from each other. I feel like at that point, the damage is done. If someone does have COVID, you're going to spread it to each other while you're playing basketball, and the benches being separated and socially distanced apart isn't going to save you. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it seems like that this move to socially distance the benches and to move the chairs apart is strictly for optics. It's strictly uh, for PR and to look good on television and to encourage people at home to socially distance. It does not look like it's going to actually protect anyone. It's just good optics and it's just good uh, PR for the NBA. But I found I did find it weird that the benches are going to be distance apart whenever you only go to the benches after you've already sweated on each other and played a contact sport with each other. So we'll we'll see if that has any bearing on stopping the COVID. But as of right now, the COVID is not inside the NBA bubble. So that's really, really good that players still are testing negative for COVID-19. Again, I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Subscribe to this show wherever it is you get your podcast. Leave a five-star iTunes Apple podcast review and we'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Be good, and be good to one another. What a perfect ending to a historic day!
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.